Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is from Psalms 34, verses 15, 17, and 18. Psalm 34, 15, 17, and 18. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, worship team, Josh. Appreciate that. Uh, Psalm 34 will be our, our jumping off point. We're going to look at a lot, a lot of scripture this morning, and uh, we'll be putting it up on the screen so you don't have to furiously turn uh, or, or try to find the verses. But uh, let's pray together and invite God to speak to us as we look into his word this morning. Lord, we thank you for loving us, and thank you, Lord, that your ear is always open to our cry. You're a hearing, listening God, and we give you thanks for that. Lord, we thank you for this time of year where we focus in a special way on your love, your coming into this world to save us. And Lord, we thank you for uh, the joys of this season, but Lord, we also know that this is a difficult time of year for families that might be separated, uh, deployments, or because of other reasons. And so we pray, Lord, that you would be a a comfort, that you would be near to those who are uh, struggling, who are lonely during this time of year. Lord, help us to be sensitive to those around us, so that we might be an encouragement to them as well. And Lord, we thank you that you know of those who are going through physical needs, physical issues, and we pray, Lord, for your your healing touch and your presence uh, in those situations, Lord. And um, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are able to speak to us a word from heaven, a word from you. And we pray today that by your Holy Spirit we would hear not the voice of a person or a church, but Lord, that we would hear within our hearts, that we would hear a word from you, a word from God. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk today about healing other people with our ears, the issue of listening. And uh, in my own experience, uh, I have a, a tale of two guys named John, two, two friends named John that I know, and uh, one friend that I had about 20 years ago, this happened. Um, We had come back from the Philippines, come back from the mission field, and we took a church in Daytona Beach, a small church. I became the solo pastor. This church over the previous years had grown from 250 people to about 90 people, and uh, it was in bad shape. It was a discouraged, demoralized church, and uh, I went there, and soon I became a discouraged, demoralized pastor and was really struggling. And a friend, John, came through to a conference there, and uh, we invited him out to lunch. And over that lunch, I poured my heart out to John. All this pain, all of this just kind of gushed out, and I poured out my troubles, poured out my heart to John. And John was the best listener I have ever known in my life. And for 30 or 40 minutes, uh, I just gushed, and during that 30 to 40 minutes, John, I don't remember John saying more than one or two words during that time, but he was listening, and he was listening intently. 
and kind of after I got done, we, we talked a little bit about the situation. I don't, I honestly don't remember one thing we talked about during that time, but I will never forget how well he listened to me and how much lighter and freer and more fully alive I felt after that lunch. I'll never forget that. I have another friend named John that I kind of worked with uh, back in the past during a particular ministry. And uh, this John was a little different from the first John. As a matter of fact, uh, it seemed like almost any time we got together, whether it was just him and, him and I or him and I and other people, I struggled to get a word in edgewise. Uh, he was a talker. And uh, after, after we got done, I, I kind of felt exhausted. Some, I felt emotionally exhausted because you know, it's just a struggle to get a word in edgewise. Listening is important. Listening is an underrated skill. And so I want us to think this morning, how, how, how does your, when you converse with somebody, what effect does it have on them? Um, do you listen well? And so I want to start out, number one, if you have your outline there, how does listening benefit and bless and heal us? Because it does. <clears throat> if we're good listeners, we benefit, we gain from that. And so I want to start out by talking about uh, listening to God. And at this time of year, as we head into the Christmas season, we celebrate the, the rescue mission of Jesus, that the infinite, eternal God took on human flesh, came into this world, was born as a baby, and he came to redeem us, to save us, to forgive us, to bring us into his eternal kingdom. And it's interesting how the Gospel of John talks about this. The Gospel of John refers to Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is called the Word. Why? Because he is God's Word to mankind. He is God's speech to mankind. He is the one who communicates the invisible God that we can't see. Jesus made him visible and spoke to us a message from that God. And really, our, our eternal destiny hinges upon whether or not we hear that word and respond to it appropriately. During the course of Jesus' ministry in Matthew 17, verse 5, it was the transfiguration where Jesus' glory, his true identity as the Son of God, shone through his humanity, which kept it hidden. And this probably took place at night in front of Peter, James, and John. And it was the greatest light show ever in the history of humanity. They were blown away and dazzled by Jesus' shining glory. And it was one of the very few times during Jesus' ministry where God the Father kind of broke through that barrier between heaven and earth, and God the Father spoke audibly. And Peter, James, and John heard him. And what did he say? This was his message. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Do what? Listen to him. Why? Why is that what the Father said? Because listening and hearing Jesus is the thing that determines whether you have eternal life or will experience eternal death. So do we benefit by listening to God? We benefit enormously. It makes an eternal difference 
because our eternal destiny hinges on and depends upon whether we hear the message from Jesus. Romans 10, 17, it's talking about saving faith that keeps you out of hell and gets you into heaven. It says faith comes from what? Hearing the word about Christ. So whether we really listen and hear the word of Jesus, the word of God, is what determines where we spend all eternity. In fact, as Christians, our whole existence has been turned around by acknowledging we have been in the wrong all along and we needed to listen to another. We needed to really listen and respond to another. What got humanity into trouble in the first place? What happened way back in the Garden of Eden? Did Adam and Eve listen to God? They listened to the voice of the serpent. And that's what plunged us into ruin and spiritual death. But if we listen to the Savior, the voice of the Savior, the voice of the Son of God, we're lifted out of that spiritual death and brought into spiritual life for all eternity. So we benefit spiritually and eternally from slowing down and opening our ears and listening to the voice of God, listening to the voice of Jesus. But there are also temporal, daily, this-worldly benefits from being a good listener. So let's look at a couple of the ways that, that, that we benefit uh, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, um, in your work. Um, we benefit enormously if we cultivate the habit of being a good listener. First of all, we become wise and successful according to the word of God to the degree that we listen to counsel, to advice, and to instruction. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1, and Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Whoever loves discipline, or another word that could be translated with that Hebrew word is instruction. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is... Now, this is in the Bible. This is, this is what God said, okay? This is not me. I'm not in a bad mood, okay? I'm not angry. God says, he who hates reproof is stupid. Yeah, don't say it too loud, right? It's in the Bible. This is what God says. In other words, you are hurting yourself if you don't open your ear to reproof. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to what? To counsel. According to the book of Proverbs, which is about true wisdom before God and true foolishness before God, the essence of wisdom is being open to God and open to godly people, open to learn. The essence of folly is being wise in your own eyes, being proud, being unteachable, thinking you already know it all. But God says if we're truly wise, then we will seek out counsel. We will seek out advice. We will listen to what others say. This is really important because... Uh, all of us, as human beings in this fallen world, all of us have blind spots. All of us have areas of, of ignorance. We think we know certain things, but those certain things are wrong. And uh, all of us hold certain beliefs that, that, that are just not biblically true, not biblically accurate. And um, 
God's antidote to that is his word, his instruction, which is all truth, but also godly people, which Proverbs emphasizes having godly counselors, godly people who can expose those blind spots, who can point out areas where we lack self-awareness, who can help us to overcome self-deception, which all of us struggle with to some degree or another. Um, I, I like to read, and there's a good book I read about 20 years ago. I would recommend it. Uh, it's a fun read. It's called The Stupid Crook Book. Okay, Stupid Crook Book. It's about criminals that are idiots and do really stupid things and get in all kinds of trouble. It's a lot of, a lot of fun to read. But one guy in there named Randy Kraft, uh, he lived in California, and Randy Kraft was a serial killer. Matter of fact, the authorities believe that he murdered, he tortured and murdered more than 60 people over a period of several years. And so he was caught, he was brought to trial, and he was tried for 14 of those murders. And he was found guilty on all counts, and he was sentenced to a, a life in prison. And there was a journalist who had attended the trial and wrote a book about this notorious serial killer. And the book was called Angel of Darkness about how this guy lured unsuspecting men uh, into his web and then tortured them and murdered them. Uh, a year or two after the book came out, uh, Randy Kraft, the serial killer, found a lawyer and filed a lawsuit against the publisher of the book. You know why he sued them? He sued them because the book portray portrayed him as a sick, twisted man, and it smeared his good name. 67 murders he was suspected of, you know. Anyway, do you think Randy Kraft was a little tiny bit lacking in self-awareness? Probably so, probably so. That's an extreme example. That's an extreme example. But, but all of us, to a certain degree, are a little bit lacking in self-awareness. And Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. God has an antidote to that. God wants to speak his truth into our lives, either through his word, or through a sermon, or through teaching, or through Christian friends. And the book of Proverbs tells us to be open to correction, to be open to reproof, and that's what makes us wise. Secondly, Proverbs tells us that we will prosper spiritually, we will prosper relationally, we will prosper in our marriage. We will be healthier emotionally if we welcome correction. Let's look at Proverbs 15. If we welcome correction, he whose ear listens to a life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He whose ear listens to a life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who ne neglects discipline despises himself but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. Again, if we're open, if we're open to correction, if we're open to hearing things that we might not initially agree with, we benefit from that. If we welcome that, we will benefit. You'll notice what it says about correction. Even if the correction stings a little bit, it says correction is life-giving. You're more fully alive. You're more fully healthy relationally, emotionally, spiritually. If you will open your ear and listen 
to those who maybe you initially would disagree with. It's beneficial, it's helpful. It, it helps us to flourish relationally. This is certainly true of marriage. Um, in marriage, we, we need to, to be good listeners. And if we do, our relationship will be healthier. It will be stronger. I like what uh, one guy came up with a modern proverb about listening. He said, from listening comes wisdom. From speaking comes repentance. Okay? The more you speak, the more you're going to have to repent for. And that's why your words should be few, according to the book of Proverbs. But from listening comes wisdom. You'll be more healthy. You'll be more fully alive spiritually and relationally if you can learn to be a good listener. And then a third thing, also from Proverbs, we succeed and thrive only if we seek and heed godly advice. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs 24, a wise man is strong, a man of knowledge increases power, for by wise guidance you will wage war, and in the abundance of counselors, again, it's repeated, in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Blessed is the person who has some people in his life that he can confide in who are willing to tell him things he doesn't want to hear. Okay, I speak from experience. Um, I've been blessed over the years with uh, good friends, confidants who know me, some of these guys I've worked with, they know me well. And when I'm dealing with issues, when I'm facing something in my life that I, I need to make a decision or I'm struggling or I'm hurting, I'll, I'll get on a horn and I'll, I'll talk to these guys because I know they know me. I know that they're wise, they're strong Christians. And I know they're willing to tell me things that I don't want to hear. So over the years, as I've leaned into their counsel, I've heard responses like, are you crazy? Um, are you out of your mind? You're thinking about doing what? And uh, I'm only exaggerating a little bit there, by the way. But I, I have leaned into their counsel. I have leaned into their guidance. And, and I know that I have been spared making some really bad decisions, some really destructive decisions by listening to counsel, knowing that these guys would tell me things that I didn't necessarily want to hear. And so we thrive. God has blessed us with people like that. And when we humble ourselves and seek out their counsel and really try to listen and pray over it and, and think about it, we can be blessed enormously and we can be saved and spared from a lot of pain. The real tragedy in life is people who either will not seek out advice from people that might tell them what they don't want to hear or people who have nobody in their life that cares about them enough to tell them the truth. Where would King David have ended up if it wasn't for a courageous prophet named Nathan? And all of us need, uh, not just encouragers, we need that, but all of us need a Nathan in our life as well. And so are you open to counsel? Do you seek out advice? Do you seek out viewpoints that are different from your own as a way of maybe correcting or modifying what you believe? All of us need to do that, and all of us benefit enormously if we do that. But our listening also benefits, blesses, and heals other people in addition to blessing us. So let's switch gears here. And how does 
good listening benefit another person? How does being a listening ear help others? First of all, <clears throat> Galatians 6.2, a verse I think we're all familiar with, Galatians tells us, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. One of the best ways we can bear another person's burden is by listening to them and just enabling them to unburden their hearts. The ministry of listening is underrated because sometimes all people need is a listening ear and the burden will just kind of fall off their back and they'll feel better, they'll feel freer, they'll have hope. They'll have renewed courage. They'll have renewed faith and optimism. Uh, being a listening ear can make an, an enormous, enormous difference to another person. Well, one of my pastoral heroes is a guy named Gordon MacDonald, had a long ministry in New England, and uh, wrote a bunch of books. And I love his books. He, he had a very rich ministry, just getting into the lives of people and listening to people and uh, praying with people and counseling with people. And uh, he shares a lot of those experience, experiences in his books. And one that I really like, uh, he's talking about for a brief time he pastored in New York City. And uh, he would commute to work, he would walk part of the way, and then he would get on a train. And uh, he said that as he made his morning commute, there were a group of working men that he would often see that he got to know, and he would exchange word of greeting with them. And one of them was a, a, a guy who was from an ethnic minority group there in New York. We'll call him Joe. And one day, he noticed Joe wasn't there. And over the next week, Joe was not there any of the day. So he asked one of the other workers, what happened to Joe? Oh, he said, Joe got mugged. He got, he got beat really, really bad. But he's okay. He'll be back to work. So about a week later, Joe was back. And McDonald said, when I saw Joe, it's like all the lights had gone out. You know, his posture was bent over. Like he, was, he had lost all. He was in, he was in bad shape. And so McDonald said, I want you to come to breakfast tomorrow morning and uh, come over. My wife will make you breakfast. We can talk. Next morning, Joe showed up. And after breakfast, Gordon said, okay, let's go in the other room. We'll be alone. And Gordon said, I want you to tell me what happened. And so Joe told the story about being grabbed from behind, knocked over the head, beat, beaten. When he was down on the ground, he was being kicked over and over again lost consciousness for a little while. He was robbed. There were bystanders, bystanders around. Nobody came to his aid. Finally, he kind of came to and was able to stagger to his car, car find a, a, a separate set of keys, drive himself home, and uh, begin the recovery process. After he got done, McDonald said, tell me the story again. Joe told the story again. McDonald said, with each retelling of the story, it's like he could see that Joe was able to flush out the pain, flush out the sense of betrayal, flush out some of the hurt. By the third time telling his story, there were some tears now. And after the third time, Gordon again said, tell, tell, me, tell me again, tell me one more time. After the fourth time, he said to his friend, uh, Joe, he says, when, when my friends are, are in trouble like this, when my friends go through something like this, um, I, I just like to come alongside and, and pray for them. Would that be okay? Joe nodded his assent. And so he came over, and he laid his hands on Joe, and he asked God to bring healing to Joe, to bring him courage, to, to bring him relief from any bitterness. 
I prayed that he would be delivered of bad memories, and most of all, that God would put the light back into his eyes. And when I finished, there were tears, and Joe got up, gave him a big bear hug, and left. And uh, McDonald said a, a couple of months later, Joe pulled him aside and invited him to come over to his house for dinner, for a family dinner. So McDonald says, when we arrived, we realized this was no dinner. This was a banquet. This was a banquet. Fifty of Joe's family members were there. Um, the food reflected his ethnic identity. It was delicious. And McDonald said, I'd expected to eat and I expected to meet people, but I didn't expect the introduction that came at the end of the dinner. When they were done eating, Joe got up and in front of his 50 family members, he said, I would like you to meet Gordon and Gail. They saved my life. This is the couple that saved my life. And then he went on to tell the story of the breakfast, telling his story, the prayer, and the words he used and the things he recalled and told his family left me speechless. He remembered everything, every detail of that morning, and he lavished his affection on those who had come alongside and been a listening ear to him. You can heal people with your ears by being a good listener. Bear one another's burdens, thus fulfilling the law of Christ. Many times our ears are much more powerful than, than our tongues and the words we say. And so your listening can bless others. Your listening can heal others, even without saying a word. It enables the unburdening of other people's hearts. There's a second way that our listening benefits others, and that is it enables the untangling of their confusion. Sometimes people get all worked up inside. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of fear. And a lot of times people have trouble sorting all that out themselves. And when a, a, listen, when a good listener comes along, and says, tell me what's going on inside, sometimes that can help the person clarify everything that's going on inside. I love Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. It says, the, the purposes of a man's heart, or the thoughts of a man's heart, are deep waters. Um, we're, we're like deep wells, and the things that we experience inside can be really complex and convoluted, and sometimes we know we're hurting, we know we're anxious, we know we're fearful. We're not sure exactly why. So the, the plan or the thoughts in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding draws it out. Sometimes, just in the process of being with the person who's a good listener, as we begin to talk about what, what's bothering us and what's weighing us down, things begin to clarify themselves as we talk them out. And sometimes if we draw people out and let them talk about what's going on, they become their own best counselors. And they, in effect, they counsel themselves as they hear themselves talking out loud about what's really bothering them. This is what Dawson Trot Trotman said. He was the founder of the Navigators. He said, thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass over the lips just having to articulate what's going on inside sometimes helps the person realize what's really going on and that things aren't so bad 
and that there is maybe a simple solution to their issue. And so we need to be uh, people of understanding who draw other people out, who ask good questions and just let people talk and just listen and just act as a good listener so that the person has an opportunity to be their own best counselor. There's a third way that being a listening ear helps other people, and that is when we listen well, we are incarnating the presence and compassion of a listening God. This is why we started out with Psalm 34. The, the ears of God are open to our cry. You have never come to God and found God busy and preoccupied. Uh, his, his eyes are upon us. His affection is upon us. And his ears are always open to our cry. Matter of fact, God hears us before we even speak. God hears our hearts. He, fears our, he, he hears our longings. He hears our feelings. God is a listening God. God is a safe refuge that we can go and pour out our hearts to. And the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You know how God usually draws near to the brokenhearted? He does it through people who you and I, like you and I. He does it through people that he lives inside of. And when we draw near to the brokenhearted and the crushed and just listen to their pain, God is drawing near to the brokenhearted. And so God is a listening, caring, understanding God. And when we come alongside of people like that as listeners, as comforters, as encouragers, then God is drawing near to those people and meeting those people. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who started this underground seminary during World War II in Nazi Germany, wrote a great book on community uh, called Life Together. And he said, often another person will be helped merely by having someone who will listen to him seriously. Do you have somebody in your life that you know, if you're having an issue, they will listen to you seriously. That in and of itself is a healing thing. It's a therapeutic thing. Poor listening diminishes the other person. But good listening invites them to exist and to matter. Listening, good listening, is indistinguishable from love. We love other people well to the degree that we listen to them well. And so how do we improve our listening? What can we practically do to become a better listener? First thing's not on here. First thing I would say, get married. You want to be a listener? Get married. That, that will help. That will help you to become a better, a better listener. Um, but other things that we can do... First, we need to learn receptively to God each day. We need to become Christ-like. Jesus, nobody listened to God as attentively as Jesus. In fact, there's a messianic prophecy, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. This is talking about Jesus. And it tells us what Jesus did, how Jesus related to God the Father in his days on this earth. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the disciples, or another translation is the Lord God has given me an instructed tongue that I may know how to sustain the weary with the word. How does God do that? How did the Father do that for Jesus? He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to do what? To listen as a disciple. 
Jesus frequently got alone with his heavenly father and poured out his heart to his father and listened and received instruction, received guidance from his heavenly father. You and I, if we're going to be good listeners to others, we need to listen to God first. And that's what Jesus did. Read the Gospels and look at what a good listener Jesus was. He listened to his father, but even when he was in crowds, sometimes he would hear one person in the midst of all the noise of the crowd. He would hear something coming from one person, and he would draw that person out and work a miracle and minister to that person and heal that person. And so we need to learn to listen to God. But then secondly, and I think this is the harder one, we need, if we're going to listen well, we need to learn to die to our own agenda and really learn to focus intently on the other person and what they're saying. And there are two Proverbs that have helped me more than anything that I, I encourage you to memorize. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool, and again, a, a fool in Proverbs is not mentally deficient. He's morally deficient. He's sinful. He's not godlike. He's not Christ-like. A fool doesn't have any delight in mutual understanding. What should happen in a conversation with two people? Mutual understanding. Ah, I understand better what's going on inside of you. And vice versa. Well, a fool, that's not his goal. He doesn't have any delight in mutual understanding. He has one agenda. What is it? Airing his own opinions. Showing how brilliant he is. Just airing his own viewpoint. Airing his own decision. You know what the biggest hindrance to good listening is? Pride and self-centeredness. So if we're going to become good listeners, there's a cross involved. We have to die to ourself, die to our pride, die to our own agenda, and love the other person well by really focusing and listening to what they're saying and not responding right away. You know what our natural tendency is? Here's the problem. You can listen four times faster than you can speak. So when somebody else is speaking, your mind is racing ahead because you can think and process four times faster than another person can speak. So what's usually happening, happening when we're listening to another person? Our natural tendency is that we're thinking about what we're going to say in response. And we wish that person would stop being so rude and stop so that we can display our brilliance in response, right? We're thinking about what we're going to say in response. Or, or because there's something about that person we don't like or something they're saying we don't like, we're mentally critiquing them and thinking about how we disagree with them and why we disagree and how we're going to maybe express. That is the natural tendency of fallen human beings. We've got to die to that. We've got to die to ourselves. And we've got to love our neighbor as we love ourselves by focusing, by truly leaning in and listening to what they're saying and not rushing to make a response. Now, is that hard to do? Very. It takes practice. So get started. Memorize this first and get practicing. There's a second way, a second hindrance to good listening, and that's in Proverbs 18, 13. He who gives an answer before he, what? Before he really listens and understands. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is so destructive. That's not love. The other person's not going to feel loved. It's folly. 
and it's shame. And again, our, our, we can process things four times faster than that person can speak. We've got to push back against that. And we've got to focus and we've got to concentrate. And we can't prejudge. We can't assume we know what they're going to say. We can't race ahead to their conclusion. We need to stop and slow down and focus and really listen to what the other person has to say. Why? Because when we feel listened to, we feel loved. We feel validated. We feel like, hey, we matter. Somebody else cares about what I'm going through. So we can't rush ahead. Chuck Swindoll, many of you know, longtime pastor, on the radio, wrote a lot of good books. He talked about being at a conference. He was speaking at a conference that went over several days. He spoke a whole bunch of time. And he said, toward the beginning of the conference, he noticed this one older couple that would come, and they would try to sit down near the front. They would be there kind of early. So they'd be sitting near the front, and within a few minutes, it seemed like every time he spoke, within a few minutes, the husband had nodded off to sleep. Okay, pastors get used to that, okay? It's, it's, a, it's a fairly common thing, all right? But this happened every single time, and they were sitting down near the front. So after three or four sessions, you know, Swindoll is having this internal dialogue. You know, what's wrong with this guy? This is rude, you know, this is disrespectful. And I know probably, you know, he's not even a Christian, and his wife dragged him here and forced him to come, you know. Or, or, or maybe he is a Christian, but he's not a good Christian. He's not a strong Christian, you know, so he's forced to be here. And, you know, he's having all this internal stuff. Um, anyway, near the end of the conference, uh, he was out talking to people, and it, it kind of waned, and the, the wife came up to him by herself. And she said, oh, Dr. Swindoll, she said, I am so thankful for your ministry. And she says, you know, my husband, he's, he's in the room, you know, and he's taking a nap, and he's so embarrassed because he, he has cancer, and he's been going through chemo, and the chemo just wipes him out. But you're his favorite preacher. You're his favorite pastor, and, and he wanted to come and hear you in, in person before he got any sicker. So I'm so, we're so embarrassed. You know, they drifted off asleep. But thank you for your ministry. We love your ministry. My husband loves you. You're his favorite pastor. To him who answers before he hears. Such an easy thing to do, but so destructive, so deadly. We can heal people without saying a word. You don't need a seminary education. You don't need to be... We can heal people with our ears just by cultivating the habit of being a good... What kind of difference would that make in your marriage? What kind of difference would that make with your kids? What kind of difference would that make in your, in your church, in your small group? Will you ask God to help you be a good... Will you join me in asking God to help you. Let's ask God to help us to be better listeners. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you're the best listener in the universe. That, Lord, you don't, you don't just hear our words. You, you hear our hearts. Uh, you hear what's going on deep inside of us. And, Lord, your ear is always open to our cry. And, Lord, thank you that you give us the opportunity uh, to, to be good listeners of others, to bless them, to lift them up, to unburden their hearts by being good listeners to them. Lord, you tell us we should be quick to listen 
and slow to speak. And Lord, we, we acknowledge we often reverse that. So Lord, I pray that you would help me help each one of us, Lord, to slow down and to die to our own pride, our own agenda. And Lord, really focus, really listen and lean in so that we can hear not just the words of other people, but Lord, so that we can, we can hear their hearts. Make us good listeners, we pray, for the glory of Jesus. His name we pray, amen. I'd like to close this morning with a benediction. Just utilizing um, Paul's words from Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind may you regard one another as more important than yourselves. Go in the grace of Christ. Amen. Have a great Sunday. Uh, we'll see you soon, next week.